With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I ain't asking you to be somebody you're not. I know the love is there and it won't stop. Reminiscing hiding in your mom's closet when the police would knock. In your strawberry shortcakes, ask you in the clock. That's why forever I'ma be down with you. Won't move without you. I respect you. You my one and only. And by any means necessary, you never leave you lonely. Yeah, free was crazy from the kickoff. Needle on a bus, you we didn't build nothing overnight Cause a love like this takes some time We just it off as a face Said we can't see that Now from top to bottom They see that we did that Yeah, it's so true that Yeah, we've been through it Yeah, we got rushed Yeah, see baby, we've been too long for too long And I can't be without Everybody and welcome back to another hour of Infinite Love Talk Radio. This is your host, Jackie, and my husband, Doug, and we are right here bringing you back again. I know it's been a while since we hung out, but guess what, you guys can... Call us at any time, 347-215-8305, or you can always go into our chat room at any time throughout the entire show and join us, join into the conversation. We would truly, truly appreciate it, y'all. On this show, we are discussing love, lust, and passion, okay? You guys know what that means, right? Because I'm hoping that this is the mature crowd. We made sure we market mature this week, so this isn't a family show. Um, what it means, and we're going to begin with love. And I'm going to tell you guys, okay, honey, I'll start, and then I want you to tell me what you think love is. Okay, okay. Okay? Okay. Well, I personally, and this is Jackie speaking, you guys, I feel like love is something that makes you smile, it makes you laugh, it makes you tingle in your stomach inside, it makes you have your partner's back, and it also makes you feel fulfilled. That's one thing that I definitely feel like love is, a, is feelings of that is what it is. I get a lot of emails, a lot of um, MySpace questions from all you guys out there, all you ladies out there looking for relationships or wondering about your one that you're in and you want to know what does love feel like. And that's my personal opinion. We're going to talk in depth about each of these subjects. Remember, it's all about love, lust, and passion. You guys can call in at 347-215-8305 throughout the entire show and join us and we can all talk about it together. Honey, what is your definition of love? Well, I would say that, first of all, love is something that conquers all. Love has no opposite. It is something that we truly, truly all need. And uh, Crystal Middlemass puts it this way, love like a river will cut a new path in whatever obstacle gets in its way. And in saying that, love is kind of like, I would say, water. It's something that it doesn't matter what gets in its way. It's going to go around it. It's going to go over it, under it. Eventually, it will break through it. But love is that thing that you feel deep inside, really, truly has no opposite. People say hate. Well, that's really not the opposite of love because love has no opposite. It is that powerful, powerful force that is 
inside you and is always radiating. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, when my husband gets philosophy, I can't even pronounce it. When he starts talking philosophy, it's hard for me to keep up. I just can tell you straight up from my heart that I agree with him 1,000%, you guys. And I also feel like you can love your friends, you can love your parents, you can love your kids, you can love your pets. You can love an object that you have. You can love your car. There's so many different ways to love something, but we're talking about love, lust, and passion, so we're definitely speaking about those relationships that's out there that might be a little loveless and how you can find it. You know, we got a new book out, you guys. It's called Love Pond, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. And um, it's for relationships. It's for couples, and it's also for people looking for relationships. Right, babe? No question about it, baby. We love ponds. It's a fun variety in love and romance guide for couples, something that everybody truly, truly needs. If you are feeling a little bit down inside of your relationship, pick up love ponds because it will add that spark and spice back inside. Most definitely. And we're going to jump right on down to the next one. I'm going to let my husband lead this one off, lust. What do you, what's your definition of lust, babe? Well, I, I really say lust is kind of that inner yearning, something that is deep, deep inside, maybe inside of your loins, really. I mean, when you lust something, you have to have it. It is something that you are truly, truly passionate about. It's a feeling inside you. Now, you might love your mate or love them, but when you lust them, it is a different feeling altogether. Lust is something that you can't, I would say, describe really in words, but it is a yearning deep inside you. Definitely. Hold on, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back, you guys. Wanted to give you guys a little bit of that. You guys remember who that is, right? Do you remember? You're the music buff in the family. Do you remember who that is? Uh, who is that? Um, Marvin Gaye? I think so. See what I'm talking about, you guys? <laughs> no you know, question. You've been listening to our show for the last two years, actually almost going on three now. If you've been listening, you know that my husband knows everybody on the radio, even the new, even the newbies. I call them newbies because it's Justin Bieber and all these different people that I'm just getting familiar with because we have teenage, a teenage daughter and a nine-year-old son that both love music. I'm just learning about all this. But, you know, some of them got some hot music out there. I heard somebody today that I really liked. Um, 
shoot, what was the name? What was the, anyway? I can't really recall. But um, my daughter went to our daughter went to um, what's it? Wango Tango, and it was a concert, and they have an outdoor event, I guess, and then an indoor event. She got to listen to all that. She went with a good friend of hers, Ayaz, who has um, that one hot song. See, you guys don't don't ask me, but I know it's hot. I know that, and I hear it on the radio, and I know that's Ayaz. So. Anyway, I'm going to finish talking about where we was at. We were talking about lust and what I think lust is. And like my husband said, it could, you could lust after pretty much anybody or anything. And I feel like it's a, a feeling that sometimes it can surprise you. It just comes up out of nowhere. And um, But I, I lust after my husband. I'm just going to care, you know. It doesn't ever surprise me. And I, I just want to share that because it's like when you're in a relationship, you guys, this show is all about relationships and finding that missing something inside of your mate instead of outside you you know and you feel it and when you look at them, you know, fifteen years into the relationship, where are we at, babe? Seventeen? Seventeen years? Mm, eighteen, yes, seventeen, fifteen. We're in there deep, you guys. When you still feel that for your mate and it's a special something and there's nothing like having a nice glass of wine and just chilling with your mate and relaxing and watching a nice movie or just talking, you know, just having that one on one conversation and I feel like um, if you are going to have that feeling of lust, have it with your mate. But it, it, lust definitely, you know, has all kinds of different emotions. It's that nervous feeling. It's that, oh, my goodness, I want to, you know, be close with them or I want to spend an intimate evening at home. And it don't have to be all about, you know, being intimate in that other way. It can just be no spanking of the booty. Will you stop that? See? Bunny, if you out there listening, that was not your brother-in-law just now, okay? That was somebody else on the phone. Now, I see the call lines lighten up. You guys, feel free to call in to 347-215-8305. You know, we've been doing this show for quite a while, like I said, and we have so much fun with you guys. We love welcoming you back every week. We're going to go back over each of these, but that's my opinion of lust, and now we're going to jump right into passion. Let me start passion off for you, baby. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, I'm passionate about writing. I'm passionate about my marriage. I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about fashion. I'm passionate about learning. I'm passionate about exploring and definitely discovering. And in books, you know, that's one thing that me and my husband always recommend me, and I always tell you guys, read, 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 because you can get so much valuable information in doing so. And we're very passionate about that. If we go in Barnes & Noble, do not have a, a two- or three-hour window of free time for us, because we're going to come out with bags and bags of books. It's like a treasure to us when we go in there, because it's not only you're not only buying knowledge, you're buying, oh, my God, you're buying valuable pieces of information. We love to read anywhere you go, anywhere we go. Like right now, you know, if we're staying in a temporary residence or whatever, you, you will find books all around us, and you will find stacks of them. When we travel, we send boxes separately, you guys, of books. So we're passionate about that. I'm also passionate about um, the man that's sitting here in front of me that's talking on this radio show with you guys. And so a lot of times in the past, and I won't go into that, you already know the history. It was true. I am passionate about him, but no, I'm not I'm not a lunatic. I just love my husband. So that's what I'm passionate about, babe. You're wrong with being a lunatic, hell. <laughs> now, passion is like um, desire. When you talk about passion and people like something, like, no, that's not it. Passion is not about liking. When you're passionate, you are a connoisseur. It is something that you are deep in, and it drives you. It's something that you will focus on and be about constantly. 
definitely yeah. like marriage. Like my wife was saying, if you're passionate about learning about your children, these are things that you you have a burning desire inside of you that drives you to to be passionate about something. And that is one thing. Passion. When we when we talk about love, Pons, we talk about passion because it is something that can burn that fire inside of your marriage, your relationship, or anything that you may uh, enjoy doing. Be passionate about it if you're going to do it. No question about it. Most definitely. And today, you guys, the topics of the show so far has been about love, lust, and passion. And all three uh, plays a major role in our lives. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you guys just shortly. in the 347-215-8305 throughout the entire show or go into our chat room and join us there. We have been talking about love, lust, and passion. That is correct. <laughs> okay, baby, I got I got to do this to you right now. Hold on, hold on. No, I'm firing okay, okay, first. Okay, that's right. Okay, look, love, lust, and passion. That's what love, lust, and passion, that's what we're talking about. So I'm going to ask you, Two things. Oh, shoot, okay. you guys. See, this is All right. spontaneous. Love, give me two things that you love. Now, go. Love, uh, Doug. And make you love. Okay. Love. <laughs> Doug. And make you love. Passionate. <laughs> Doug. And make him all love. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, witness say there was blood dripping all over and a lot of frantic movement underneath the train as firefighters tried to get them out. Unfortunately, Gomez died at the hospital Friday night, and Bernicio remains in serious but stable condition. So that, that is an unfortunate story in New York City. Yeah, our hearts go out to her for sure. Um, wow, I don't even know what to say. Next, you guys, we have in Hot Topics in L.A., Los Angeles, will boycott Arizona? Will the Lakers follow? That's the question in Time Magazine, you guys, that Sean Gregory's asking. After the Los Angeles City Council passed legislation banning the city from doing any further business with the state of Arizona because of its new law targeting illegal immigration, some Los Angelinos, so, you know, that means some people from Los Angeles are hoping that the Los Angeles Lakers will get behind the cause. In a bit of serendipitous timing, the Lakers are about to face an Arizona team in the playoffs. My husband will be reporting about that, by the way, on ESPN. And then the NBA Western Conference Finals starting on Monday. Obviously, it would be absurd to expect the Lakers to boycott their series with the Suns. But as the representatives of an area um, with the largest Hispanic population in the country, could the Lakers take some kind of stance, symbolic or otherwise, against a law that the NBA Players Association has already called disturbing, especially after the government of the city it represents has passed a bold measure? The Lakers are critical to continuing the momentum, says Los Angeles City Council Member Jose Zar who moved to the U.S. from Mexico when he was four years old. So everybody, any Lakers out there listening, you might want to do something symbolic just to um, help the cause out and um, stand for your city. We do believe in standing up for yours. No question about it. I'm going to keep it morbid, uh, unfortunately, y'all. Oh, but no. a man is killed after dog urinates on neighbor's lawn. Now, this is no joke. Listen to me now. An Illinois man was so protective of his lawn that he allegedly killed a neighbor whose dog urinated in the front of his home. According to police, yes, baby, 69-year-old Charles Clements, whose manicured yard was reportedly named best-looking lawn in the Chicago suburb of University Park, shot and killed 23-year-old Jose Funches after the victim's Pet Fox Terrier relieved itself on Clemens' oh property Sunday night. The victim's mother, Patricia Frunchez, said that her son lost her, his life in a squabble about landscaping. Um, it was all over a little wooden plaque, speaking of the award, um, that uh, Clemens won, and it was a senseless death. That is just really so, so unfortunate because now – I mean, obviously, one person is dead, and that yard that was manicured will not be anymore because the man's going to be in prison. Crazy, crazy stuff. Most definitely, you guys. That was that was sick. I don't understand that one. But, and then we're going to jump right into barefoot runners are knocking the socks off the jogging world. Barefoot, barefoot Ken Bob Saxton might not be the fastest runner on the road, but he never has to stop to tie his shoes. The California jogger is one of the leaders of the barefoot running movement, a small but growing niche of runners who say they feel better and healthier without their sneakers. Um, it goes on to say shoes are deceptively comfortable, said barefoot Ken Bob. But <laughs> after completing 77 marathons, one with shoes and 76 without, is considered the grandfather of the shoeless running community. It goes on. You guys have got to Google him, the barefoot runner Ken Bob. But he's talking about you can't really feel how hard you're landing. Um, 
that when you wear your shoes so that he wants to be barefoot. But I personally feel like that's really dangerous because I'm sure the pressure, they say only a small amount of pressure can be like pounds hitting your ankles. And that hard surface pavement, after a moment or two, you know, after a little bit of running, like a month or so, honey, would you say? Well, you know, this, this summer, actually, I tried running on our treadmill without my shoes, and it actually felt good. The only problem that I had is I got blisters on my toes. Right. Also, uh, my college room, not my college roommate, but one of my college teammates, mm-hmm. his dad, known as the Barefoot Bandit in Arizona, he wow. played basketball without any shoes on. <laughs> but listen, on the other, I can I can agree with that. But on a hard like cement ground, this man is running full marathons. This is amazing. And if you got blisters on a treadmill, which is a softer surface, because they do that on purpose. You can imagine on a on a hard ground. So you guys check him out. It's the barefoot uh, the barefoot <laughs> runner Ken Bob, and you got to Google him so you can see more about that. And lastly, in hot topics, we're gonna tell you guys that we will be in New York City, May 26th and 7th at BEA, which is the Book Expo America this year. We missed it last year due to emergencies. This year we hope to be there and signing books. They've already put the media and press out. So if you're in the New York area, I know we got a lot of East Coast listeners. Make sure you come in and say hello to myself and my husband while we sign our new book um, that's uh, coming out May 25th called Love Ponds, and it's going to be kind of fun. Um, I'm not looking forward to that long journey, but, you oh, know. <laughs> come on. But it's always a good thing to get involved in. And next, we're going to jump on down before we hit um, sports in 60 seconds. We're going to cover beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. And you know we always offer you guys our favorite tips and ideas. So today is no different. We're going to offer you some great ones. And I'm going to start off with good food. Okay, good food. Oh, my God. That's truly one of life's pleasures. That's what I feel, you guys, and we got to indulge our sense of taste at least once a week with a great meal. So I want to recommend you guys, you know, you know, section out that time on your to-do list to make sure you go get a good meal, not McDonald's, not, you know, some fast food restaurant, even if you have to cook it yourself, and just sit down and make sure once a week you're having a good meal. Good food. That's right, baby. Now I'm going to stay in the food section, and I'm okay. going to go – Juicing. Now, we talked about juicing a couple of times, but one of our favorites is carrot, lettuce, spinach, and apple. But Mm -hmm. what I'm going to add this week for you guys is beet juice. Now, beet juice, we have read up on it and it's said to help fight cancer. It has a little bit of a tart taste, so you might want to only start with, say, a quarter of a beet, or I'm up to a whole beet now, and it's really, really good, and you will see when it comes through that color is just magnificent, so you know it must be doing some good stuff in your body. But carrot, carrot, lettuce, spinach, apple, and give yourself a little beet. You will love it. Wow, is it is the beets? What is that kind of like mainly take care of, Dave? Is that good for skin? No, liver? they say that it really helps fight cancer. So oh, wow. that yeah, that is something that uh, obviously you're getting um, your greens with the lettuce and spinach. Um, you are getting fruits, um, uh, vegetables also with the carrots, which are you know high in beta carotene. So that is really really a good thing. But beets fight cancer, that is something that everybody really, really should try. And if you're juicing yourself, it's fresh juice, and when you take it into your body, you can almost feel it go in there and work for you, no question. Almost definitely, guys. And then I'm going to jump right down to my next one, which is baby oil. It's not only a good skin softener, it's also wonderful tanning lotion. If you guys are out there and you happen to want to tan and that's any nationality, you can put it on. gives you a real smooth color, and it also smells really, really good. So um, baby oil, I would say it's a, it's a lot cheaper than going out buying the 12 and 13 and $18 tanning oil. You can get it for 4 or $5, and it lasts for a long time, and it, it smells real good, and it really softens your skin, and it's really cool. So I 
recommend baby oil. There you go. In these economic times and you want Lady Luck to shine on you, check it out, guys. Go out, take a buck, play the lottery. I'm seeing big, giant numbers. The $260 million quick pick for a dollar or choose your own numbers, but you got to be in it to win it. Believe that, the lottery. Check it out. Okay, you guys, I have to reiterate to you. That was a good one, honey. You really slid that one. I didn't even think of that. That's a good tip, you guys, because only a dollar. You know how sometimes you see the people on the streets? I always, I can't seem to pass people, and honey, don't get mad at me and kill me, but I can't seem to pass you, so I give a dollar, and they take it. <laughs> He's peering at me, right? Awkward right. silence. <laughs> no, but sometimes I find myself really feeling like I need to help these people. So I'm saying that just like you do that, you could take that another dollar and go in and just purchase one. You never know. You might need to, I mean, you might win. So the next one I have is Vino, um, as my husband calls it. For people that don't know, it's wine, a nice glass of wine. Like I told you guys earlier in the show, I have one right now. It helps you relax after a stressful day. It's all really good, and um, we like to have it. And, you know, it's really, what is wine, honey? Fermented grapes? Yes, give me a give me a definition of what wine is. Uh, well, people wouldn't really like it because it's oh. it's ag- fermented means rotten. But you know they they put all types of different stuff. Some people um, put it in oak, and you can taste different types of taste and different types of wines. And if you let it um, decant, which is after you pour it into a, a big glass um, uh, container, you let it breathe, and it really really can bring out the taste and the flavor. And you can taste all types of different flavors and hints of different flavors. Uh, but check it out, Vino. My wife is on the money. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you guys. You know how you like cheese? Why is all the good things have to do that? And you know, ribs they came out of an animal. You know, and they done cut this person's <laughs> bone structure. But it's all fucking good, okay? All the good stuff it comes from a bad place. So don't think because my husband said that it's from many grapes and they're rotten. Not like that. Not like that, you guys. So email me and I'll give you even more information. And guess what? If you get our new book, you can look in there and it's the definition and all that. It's a whole big section on wine. And lastly, we have we have board games, everybody. <laughs> Operation Monopoly yeah. Clue. Uh, right now, our house favorite is Sorry, yeah. and that is game of what they say sweet revenge everybody so check it out board game sorry pick it up you love it and i'm gonna tell you guys something else too another game that we really like is monopoly but he's the monopoly captain up in here he always wins he buys all the property up i don't know how he does it but before you know it the whole board is covered with all these little houses and apartment buildings and all this and it's like really frustrating he's smiling because he knows he, he goes after the Eat property them down. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right on down into that section that we call 60 seconds before going on in the sports. But hold on, we'll be right back. Hey baby, I'm ready to take the field. Hope you get your game face on. We about to make history. Hey baby, welcome to my home. Tonight it's you and me, we're all alone And you know exactly just what I'm on Don't need no clothes, leave them heels on Tonight I'm gonna break a world record I see the signs, baby, I'm not striking out And can't nobody read your body better I'ma show you exactly what I'm about
Now, now, Wizzle, you know what time it is. As we wind it down, we are down to the final four in the NBA Eastern Conference. We have the Orlando Magic, who happen to be 8-0 in the playoffs, and they will be facing the Boston Celtics, who have eliminated King James, which we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show. Uh, Orlando coming in at 8-0, Boston, the veteran team. This is a team that I truly think, Wizzle, can probably hang with Orlando. This should be an interesting series. What are you looking at here? You know, it, it is really interesting, and, and the looks of a team could be deceiving. But uh, one thing that I tend to focus on is the character of the team and the, the type of heart that the that they've earned over the years. And if you really look at the Celtics, they have a collection of guys who've really, really taken some some hits and bumps and bruises uh, throughout their careers to come to the point to where they understand what team is. And and with that being said, I think the sky's the limit for them, and this is going to be one heck of a challenge because obviously Orlando is playing awesome, and and uh, the the addition of Vince Carter it seems to be paying off more so in the in the postseason rather than the regular season. And so they really, really look good right now as well. I would have to agree with you. I was on the radio and I was talking about Dwight Howard and everybody was saying that Orlando was going to beat Boston. And it's funny because Orlando's strength is obviously throwing the ball into Dwight. He garners a double team. They kick it out. They move it around. They just have prolific three-point shooters. Vince, even Matt Barnes is hitting three-pointers. Rashard Lewis, Petrus, Nelson, you bring in Jay Will, Reddick, everyone is just knocking down three-pointers. But when I look at Boston, I see Rashid Wallace who can stick. I mean, now, obviously, you're not going to stick Dwight Howard one-on-one, but this is a guy who, who can stick him one-on-one for, for some time. And you have Kendrick Perkins who can also do the same thing. Right there, there's 12 fouls you bring in Sheldon Williams, there's another six fouls that you can give. And that would limit Orlando in, in my regard to the fact that you're not always going to have to double team him. You'll be able to stick him one-on-one. That's going to limit these three-point looks that these guys are getting at the same time. Whistle, Jameer Nelson has been playing lights out, but he hasn't faced a guy like John Rondo. What do you think about those two matches? Well, obviously, those are uh, a couple of huge matchups. Obviously, Jameer's been playing very well. Uh, his confidence level is really high. It's, it's actually surprising to see uh, see him playing that well, and it's not a knock against him. It's just that you just see a guy finally getting his confidence together, and uh, it doesn't matter if you're the best player in the league or the best point guard in the league or regarded as such. It's just how you feel on your team. He's very, very comfortable with his teammates and his and his job that he has. Uh, so uh, obviously, Rondo's been playing at a high clip. Uh, he's been respected, that, but it's, this is going to be a little test. Jameer seems to play a little bit of defense. Uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a huge battle because uh, obviously he gets denied when it comes to making a jump shot. But Rondo is, is such a creative player that. He makes up for uh, the inability uh, to, to, to really stroke the jumper uh, just by being a good teammate and distributing the ball. So that's going to be a great matchup as well. No no question about it. Well, I'm looking at this. If, if Orlando or, excuse me, if Boston can go to Orlando and win one game, I think Boston wins in six. If they don't, I think this is going to be a seven-game series and Orlando is going to win this thing. Uh, what, what is your prediction here? 
You know, that is a, a likely one. Uh, I think that it's going to go seven. I, I just, you know, it, it just seems like such a toss-up. But I think that in the end, I think that the experience of the Celtics will prevail, you know, barring injury or anything like that. Uh, they the, the players that they have uh, in terms of coming off the bench are, and, and that really step up for them, uh, I really like Perkins and, and, and his physical presence and what he seems to do in the post. And I, I think the, the team really feeds off of his, his, his face, his energy, the way he looks and approaches the game and how serious he is. And uh, I, I, I just really like that's the kind of guys you want to play with. And, and, and there's things that I admire about both teams. I think in the end, I think that the fact that you have a couple of jump shooters that can dribble to spots and, and create their own shot will be the, the final deciding factor. I think that Paul Pierce and Ray Allen will, will find ways to pull games out because, uh, you know, obviously your three-point ball is going to be on every night, and they have tremendous players. I really like uh, Petrus, uh, you know, in terms of doing other things, going to the, rat, the basket and, and creating, but uh, I, I really like the experience on the Celtics' side. This is going to be one heck of a series. It's almost you got to wait to game one to see how the matchup is going because the regular season really isn't a good indicator because right now Boston is playing the best basketball that they've played all year. Orlando has been playing fantastic basketball, and everybody's healthy. And like you said, Vince Carter, I think you're right. He was built for the playoffs for this team. I didn't like it during the regular season, but he's looking a lot, lot better. And when we talk about Boston and what they did, we would be remiss not to talk about Cleveland, LeBron James, first and foremost, Wizzle. Uh, they win game one, very squeaky, lose game two. Uh, LeBron James comes back, has a fantastic game three. My question is, game four, detached face, uh, uninterested, what do you think happened? You know, uh, sometimes you're just at a loss for words. And I don't know what happened, what type of meltdown that was. Um, obviously, I, I do believe that the Celtics uh, had a, a better game plan. Um, it just seemed that not only LeBron, but the, the, the coaching scheme, the, the rotation, everything seemed to fall apart in front of your eyes. And it was really kind of – Remarkable to watch in the sense that you, you watch these guys almost bewildered and looking around at each other for something to do. I mean, what do you get LeBron to do if his jump shot's not going tonight and he's not going to the bucket? He doesn't feel that magic, you know what I mean? So it was really weird. And, again, that's where that experience really, really, you know, pounded them, in, it pounded them a little bit. And then later on in that same game, uh, they still, Boston, they would, you know, uh, Cleveland would have a lane to the basket and so, so forth, and Boston would still foul and, and send them to the line and highlight the fact that you got to make two to make two points. You know what I mean? And these guys weren't making shots. Uh, the coaching, uh, like I say, the rotations, we've seen Booby Gibson. I haven't seen him, you know, in quite some time. We haven't seen Hickson. Uh, Hickson is one of the, the key cornerstone pieces of why they didn't get Amari Stoudemire, which is another deal entirely. So uh, I just think that this, it just came apart. And really, I think that's what the experience will do to you. Um, a lot of people uh, were obviously excited about Cleveland and, and the MVP. And, and, hey, he deserves the MVP for the regular season. But let's not forget the first game they were down 12. The second game they were down 25. 
I mean, obviously, it comes down to when you got guys you can come down and kick the ball around. It'd be like if they were playing against the Kings. If you, you know what I mean? There's too many options right now. We share the ball as a team, and we and we play better defense. So you know, it just really highlighted the fact that you don't really have a point guard. Uh, you really don't have a defensive stopper on this team, and you got a a, a lot of complementary players, and it seemed to come and, and reveal itself again. No question. I really think that uh, that coaching was accentuated and put into the forefront because when you look, Shaq was actually playing very good basketball for what Shaq was giving you at the time. But the Jamison trade, I didn't like that. I thought that they would, they should have went and got Amari Stoudemire or they should have got the kid from uh, Indiana, the big power forward, because in the playoffs you have to have a legitimate power forward, and KG really exposed the fact that you need to bring Veritao in here to stick me or I'm just going to abuse little guy, and that's that's pretty much what he did. Uh, looking at LeBron's situation, uh, I, I really thought that the other thing that was exposed was the fact that he's really playing out of position. He, uh, he's a point guard, and I think a lot of people always compare, you know, Kobe is very – uh, Michael Jordan-ish, where um, LeBron's biggest attribute is the fact that he's 6'9", 270 pounds, and he is a mis- he's a matchup nightmare, and there's no other point guard. you got to give him the ball, let him run up and down the court. He's not a half-court player. And all these different things I, I really think got exposed. So in saying all that, Wizzle, does he stay? Um, obviously, uh, there's a, been a, a couple things kicked around in terms of ideas. Uh, I, I think it's obviously Shaquille O'Neal played well enough to, to maybe garner another year, uh, you know, or maybe a, a two-year deal, and we'll see what happens with that. But if the Lakers were to somehow were to somehow to win this championship this year, it would be interesting because I know Phil is, uh, is, is looking at other things. I, I know he wants to retire a Laker, but it – Obviously, it would be really, really intriguing to go on and, and to see if he can get a ring with LeBron. And I, I'm not – obviously, they need some type of uh, new structure. They need a, a coach that's going to have accountability and, and just a different level of professionalism. It's not a night knock against their coaching or their coaching staff. It's just that sometimes you you need to explain things in a different way for these guys and not really just roll with what these guys are doing. I think a lot of the celebrations and and some of the things that they they did as a team were, you know, as a coach, just control it and, and make sure your team execute all at all time. And I think that uh, a lot of their uh, a lot of that was foreshadowed by the fact that well, you had the, a great regular season record, and that's really unfortunate. Well, if you're Jerry Buss and you can trade Andrew Bynum and Lamar Odom and get LeBron James, would you do it? You know what? I would do it in a heartbeat, and, and obviously, uh, you need a, you need a, another superstar. Obviously, Kobe is going to be going to be moving away from the game shortly, and but obviously, he's still playing at a high clip. But uh, you can you can get other guys, and you can get people that can contribute. Uh, you know, at that height or and at that size, and I, I I've always been a believer of that. They say that guards are a dime a dozen. And uh, and obviously big guys aren't because of their size, but I, I'm guaranteeing you that you can go find someone with size who will give you everything they have each night. So if it will help the team out, why not? Obviously, you make somebody another team happy. You make Cleveland extremely happy. 
because they'd get the big guy, you'd get Odom. Odom would go back to his starting position, and he'd be happy. And uh, I think that everybody could be happy. So that, obviously that's what it comes down to. But, um, you know, why not? It's too big of a talent to not pass up. No question about it. And sometimes things can take your breath away, and I would do that in a heartbeat. Everybody, you stay tuned. LeBron James, we will be talking about that, where we think he will go in the weeks to come. Wizzle, Phil Jackson, we're talking Western Conference now. Uh, the Lakers, Phoenix Suns. Phil Jackson, Steve Nash throw a little fisticuffs back and forth. Phil Jackson says he carries the ball, never gets called for it. Uh, Steve Nash says that uh, no one's ever really said anything about that, and he just played against the best coach in the NBA and Greg Popovich, and Greg didn't say anything. Uh, well, what do you think, Phil, throwing a little zen, but um, Steve Nash is not one to be played with. Is this a little mind games, you think? Well, you know, why not? These are the type of things and the type of antics that you expect from Phil. He'll kind of get something going. Uh, and obviously, I, Phil has a right to say that because there is times where Nash takes advantage of the handle a little bit. And I, I, I like it. I, it's just the guy being observant. And uh, I think that if Nash was, you know, if anything, he should have took a shot back at Kobe because Kobe gets away with the same type of, you know, grip on the ball and, and take it off. And, you know, so, hey, if it's fair, it's fair. They're going to have to get out there and play, and, and that's what it's going to come down to. No question about it. Well, the Lakers, uh, will they come in finding their way in the first series, obviously against OKC, that was one that, you know, you look at Kobe, he's banged up. you got a young stud, a young team that really played uh, fantastic basketball. They go into the Utah series and just sweep them. Kobe's getting healthy. It's going to be interesting to see how they're playing after this long break. The Suns have a steamroll. They sweep a team in San Antonio that I think no one foresaw that happening. I, I really think that it defined the Suns this year because no one saw them going this far. But when they uh, went past San Antonio, a team that has really, really given them problems in the playoffs in the last four or five years, uh, says a lot for them. Uh, what do you see in this series? Well, obviously uh, the thing that changed up uh, – the, the matchups for San Antonio was the addition of Channing Fry and, and the emergence, the reemergence of uh, Jason Richardson. He really, really played well in that series, um, and, and, and obviously Channing Fry with his ability to stretch the stretch the field out a little bit, stretch the field, stretch the court out a little bit, and 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 really, really look at that, look for that three ball. I, I believe he hit somewhere around 160, 175 for the season. That's nothing to laugh at for a big 6'11 guy. So uh, that's the same type of thing I'll be looking at uh, in this Lakers series. Uh, it's going to be a huge matchup uh, between whoever's uh, trying to stick Paul Gasol because he is playing out of his mind right now. And obviously he gets the ball where he wants. Uh, he has the ability to face up and uh, anything in the paint, it seems like he's shooting about 60 65%. So uh, uh, he's a terror, and he's a heck, one heck of a matchup problem, uh, nightmare for whoever's going to be trying to face him. Obviously, Bynum's going to be in there contributing, and I just think those big guys and, and their ability to pass and play with each other is is really huge. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a hell of a, a hell of a series. I think uh, Phoenix has a chance, though, if they could just run and just score and just keep trying to score because hey, that's what you got to do what you do, and uh, 
there's a lot of uh, a lot of the things I'm cheering for. I'm cheering for Grand Hill. I'd like to see him, you know, get into Kobe a little bit. Let's see what happens. You know, why not? You know, there's a little things. I, I I would like to see a series without a sweep. How about that? I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. The only reason that I, I didn't call sweep is because the Lakers go into what I call the Laker lapses. There's those times when they don't score, whether it's getting cocky or whatever it is, all of a sudden they don't score. And this is not a team that you can do that against. So I think that the Phoenix maybe sneaks out one, maybe even sneaks out two, but the matchups are so far in the Lakers' favor because Fisher can actually stick Nash. Shannon Brown can come in and stick Nash. Farmar come. Uh, Goran Dragic, they can both stick him. Leandro Barbosa, all those guys, they can mesh together. So those are kind of washes. When you look at Kobe Richardson, he only averaged eight points against the Lakers during the regular season. But in the playoffs, I think he'll play a little bit different. Now, the three-headed monster, Gasol, Bynum, and Odom, that is an animal that I think Phoenix just can't overcome. Stoudemire gets into foul trouble, especially when put into situations where he Low and Gasol, Bynum, and even Odom are going to have him in the box, and Odom will actually take him out on the outside and probably get some ticky-tack fouls from him reaching in. But, Wizzle, the real big problem, I think, for Phoenix Suns is going to be actually Ron Artest. Ron, when you look at it, he can guard maybe even one through four because you could even stick with the with his physical stature at sometimes you could stick him on Stoudemire, uh, and this is something that – on the other side, Phoenix, they don't have. Grant Hill, yes, can stick some people, but Kobe's going to get his calls and get them into foul trouble. And I, I really think the Lakers, I, I want to say a sweep, but I'm going to say probably in six. So uh, we're going to have to watch this one and then keep our eye on it. What is your prediction? Uh, I say 4-2, Lakers win. You know what? I am going to go with the Lakers in five. I think that the Suns will probably show up. Uh, maybe even the first game in L.A. And then after that, uh, I think that, uh, that, that that L.A. might put the hammer down after that and really uh, start to figure themselves out. Uh, I mean, they just really, they take times, they, they look so incredibly like the best team in the, in the league, and it's really, it's really sickening because you guys don't play like that all the time, and it's really hard to put a, to, to judge them, but... It seems like when it's time to get it done, they, they get it done. They share the ball. The big guys share the ball. They crash the boards. Uh, when they need to, to come up with a loose ball, it seems there's someone always there. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them the nod. I think Phoenix is going to get a good one. I think maybe even the first game to get a surprise. I think Stoudemire might have a big game to come out. Uh, uh, but uh, after that, I think that the Lakers are, are going to pretty much handle their business. Well, you guys are pretty huge.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.